What's up, mortals? This is also Mr. Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. In this episode, I'll be going over the three horrible monster children of Loki, the asshole of Norse mythology. These weren't Loki's only three children. He did have two relatively normal kids until Odin turned one into a wolf to eat the other one. Loki was bound with his entrails. Vikings are so fucking metal. Loki also gave birth to Sleipnir, the eight-legged horse, after he turned into a lady horse and got pounded by 22 inches of sea biscuit in order to win a bet for the gods. I'm talking about his three most famous kids, born from the giantess Angerboda, who, like, bring about the end of the world and stuff. So let's begin. So even though Loki wasn't an Aesir, he was a giant douchebag, always causing trouble. For some reason, the gods allowed him to live with them in Asgard. But he would frequently travel to Jotunheim to, like, bro down with the giants, where his dickery was much more appreciated. He met one particular giantess that was just a miserable witch, so obviously he fell for her. Two of them had many afternoon delights, which led to the birth of the three worst children ever. They were, they were a serpent, a wolf, and a half-dead girl. Now, Loki knew that if Odin saw his horrible monster babies, that he would try to get rid of them. So Loki and Angerboda kept their children in a secret, like a secret and raised them to be the absolute worst. One day, while Loki was trying to return to Asgard, he asked Angerboda to keep his kids hidden so they could, you know, stay alive or whatever. She agreed and locked the door. But the serpent, whose name was Jormungandr, grew at a ridiculous rate. And soon she had to open the door to let his tail out. Well, his body took that as a grand invitation to just get as fucking huge as possible. And he quickly grew to stretch from one end of Jotunheim to the other. Odin, sitting on his sky throne and looking out uh, about the world, took notice of this giant-ass snake that wasn't there before. So he decided to adventure out into the world and explore and stop the giant snake from doing giant snake things. So he goes out to Jotunheim, comes to the middle of the serpent, and he's like, really, what the fuck is this thing? And he just hefts it up and tosses it into the ocean, as if that's a solution. So Jormungandr continued to grow, and became so large that he was able to wrap himself around the world and bite his own tail, which is fucking terrifying. They decided to call him the Midgard Serpent, because Jormungandr really is a mouthful. And he's like Thor's arch-nemesis, one time Thor decided to go fishing for the serpent so he could like prove how strong he was. He bent some metal into a giant hook and used like an entire cow as bait. He hired a, a Jotun to take him out into the middle of the sea and sat back fishing knowing that, knowing Thor, he was probably cracking beers like all fishermen do. So he gets the bite and he wants this giant fucking serpent rises from the waves and is fighting against Thor. It's causing crazy storms and like tidal waves. Thor manages to bring him close enough but the giant, who has been shitting his pants this whole time, he decides that he can't take it anymore, and he just cuts the line. Jormungandr returns to the bottom of the sea, and Thor is thoroughly peeved. It's said that come Ragnarok, Thor and Jormungandr will eventually fight again, and after Thor kills the beast, he takes seven steps and then falls dead to its venom. So after Odin, with all his wisdom and foresight, that will have no negative consequences in his future, like the death of his son or anything, just yeet the big snake into the ocean... He decides to go deal with the other two monster children. He eventually comes to the house of Angerboda, who's sitting there with her wolf son and her half-dead daughter. A bunch of Jotun ran over to see the children before Odin got rid of them. They took one look at the half-dead girl, called Hell, and all, fr all frozen place. She was supposed to be like half-dead and half-queen-like, so Odin, recognizing this, decides to place her in Niflheim, the land of the dead, to live out her life as queen of the dead. I'm assuming they use the logic that in the land of the blind, the man with one eye and king, or in the land of the dead, the chick that's half alive is queen. So she went down and built her kingdom, which she named Hell, 
after herself because that's the kind of person she was. She's known for being real cruel and generally indifferent to the wants and needs of the living and the dead alike. One example of her being a bitch is when Odin's son Baldur dies. Now, everyone thinks that Thor is Odin's favorite son, but in reality, it's fucking Baldur. He's everyone's favorite. They all love this guy. He's, like, super handsome and kind and cheerful, and he actually radiates light. So, obviously, Loki fucking hates him. Now, with Baldur being so great, his mother Frigg went around the Nine Realms and made everything in the universe promise to never harm her son. And I'm talking all the people, like, everything. Trees, rocks, and shit. No weapon could ever harm him. All except mistletoe because it was so young or some other dumb reason. So now being invulnerable, all the Norse gods being a bunch of drunken warriors, they like to play a game where they surrounded Baldur and just chucked everything and everything at him. And it all bounced off because it promised not to hurt him. So Loki, being the original hipster, hating Baldur based entirely on the fact that he's popular, is like, Psh, I have a different favorite god, but you've probably never even heard of him. He goes out and fashions an arrow made of mistletoe, the one thing that didn't promise not to hurt him. He gives the arrow to Baldur's brother, who's blind, named Hod, and tells him to participate in the game. So Hod, without being able to see anything, ends up killing his brother Baldur. Everybody is super distraught. Frigg runs to Niflheim to see Hel and demands her son back. Hel gives no shits about the living or dead, and she's like, nah. Frigg pleads with her, and Hel finally agrees, on the condition that every living thing in the universe weeps for Baldur. So the gods go out and get everything to weep for him. The guy literally radiated cheer and kindness. It wasn't that hard for everyone to miss him. Except some angry old woman in a cave, which was probably Loki. It was definitely Loki, who was just like, Ew, Baldur, fuck that guy. So Hell didn't let him go. This was the last straw that broke the camel's back where Loki is concerned. All the gods were finally fed up with his shit, and he removed the beacon of goodness from the world. This is when Odin turned his son into a wolf to eat one, and then chained Loki to a rock slab with some of his son's entrails, and then had a big venomous serpent that wasn't his other son, because there was just an abundance of big venomous serpents in the world that continuously dripped venom onto his chest, which burnt the shit out of him. The third and final child was Fenrir, the wolf. Now there's like the big bad wolf, but imagine a bigger, badder wolf, and then Fenrir is the biggest and baddest wolf. Odin fucking loves wolves. So he's just like, oh, your siblings are gross monsters, but you can come live with the gods. So he's like, just follow me home. Come on, boy. Be a good boy. Odin can see that he's super evil, but hopes being around all the gods and all their talks of glory and virtue and whatnot will not end up the world's biggest asshole like his father. So he takes Fenrir home, and along the way, he meets Heimdall, for the first time. Heimdall, the one who sits and watches the Bifrost and warns all of the other gods about an impending evasion and basically is the Asgard security system all by himself, who can see for thousands of miles and hear grass grow. Like, how have you not met this guy yet? Heimdall's being described as being tall, having golden teeth, and being the fairest skinned of all the gods. So, you know, like, the opposite skin of Idris Elba, which is fine because he was a badass in the movies, and I fucking love that guy. So Odin is like, hey, you're a cool guy. Where do you come from? Heimdall is like, you know, the normal way. I was simultaneously birthed by nine sisters at once. And Odin's like, oh, cool, cool. My grandpa was licked into being by the primordial super cow. One of my boys banged a woman, and that's how I got this wolf. Heimdall is like, yeah, that's cool. All of these are completely normal circumstances. So Odin leaves having met a, made a new friend. He returns to his hall in Asgard and sits down with the other gods for dinner. They slaughter a boar every night which just comes back to life every morning, providing the gods with infinite meat 
and providing the boar with a nightmarish existence. They're all eating, and Fenrir is like, hey, I want some meat, and comes wandering into the hall, and Freya screams because she's never seen a wolf before. I was like, that's not very polite of you, speaking to the wolf, probably. But I guess you do need to eat, and I need one of you gods to do it. Tyr volunteers because he's all brave and is like, this is going to be an adventure. But really, he just leaves with a plate of meat and feeds it to the wolf. And Fenrir stayed with them for years. The whole time, Odin hoping that being around the gods and heroes would change Fenrir's nature from cruel to heroic. But every day, Fenrir grew in strength and cruelty. Odin had assigned Tyr to basically be his handler. He fed him and stopped him if he was going to attack some random defenseless person. But as time went on, Odin slowly begins to realize that the cruelty of the wolf was unchanging and his strength was still growing. Soon it would be too much for any of them to control and his evil nature would be free. Odin calls a council of the gods, Thor, Tyr, Bragi, Ponir, Frey, and Nord, and asks them what they must do. Thor is like, psh, have you met me? Don't you know how great I am? I'm like the guy that slays and binds all the monsters. Can you believe this guy? He's never heard of the mighty tales of the Thor. I'll make a chain to hold the wolf. And that's that. So Thor goes and he goes to his forge, hammering away and making this chain. Thor makes Lading, the strongest chain ever forged. He brought it proudly to the other gods and they all marveled at its strength. They came up with a plan to get it on the wolf, where Thor and Tyr would surprise him and try to subdue him long enough to get the chain on him. To their surprise, Fenrir didn't even fight back as they placed the chain around his neck. He just ate his food as if nothing was wrong. Then he went to leave and easily broke out of the chain as if it were nothing. Thor was pissed. He tripled his efforts and spent the next three days and nights working at his forge. He came back with Dromi, the even strongest chain ever made. It was so thick and heavy that even Thor had trouble carrying it. Again, Fenrir was unconcerned and sure of his strength. So after they placed this chain on him, he easily broke out of it and walked away to his lair. The council was summoned again to decide what to do. This is when Freyr spoke up. He said that while Thor and Tyr were fighting all the time and they earned wisdom that way, that he had spent his time watching trees grow and farming and shit and learned things differently. And he was like, I'm not saying my wisdom is better, even though it is. I'm just saying it's different and also better. He suggested that they go find some of the dwarves that he met who are crafty craftsmen whom, to make the chain. So Odin agrees and they make their way to Svartalheim where they ask the dwarves for help. The dwarves agree, and they form Gletnir, which is as thin and light as ribbon. The gods are obviously confused, but the dwarves assure them that it is the strongest chain that will ever be forged. It's made of six things that do not exist. The roots of a stone, the footfalls of a cat, the breath of a fish, the female orgasm, orgasm a vaccine that causes autism, and a person who thought that Ringo was the best beetle. The gods are shocked and amazed at the chain now and bring it back to Asgard to try to chain the wolf. They brought Fenrir to this like mysterious cavern and tried to play on his pride, which is a surefire way to get anyone to do anything in any mythology, to put the chain on and see if he can break it like he broke the others. Now this is the wolf that just broke the strongest chain ever and the strongest ur chain ever, and now they want to try and bind him with ribbon. So he was prideful, but he wasn't stupid. Well, not entirely stupid, because he was still tricked. He told them that if one of them were to put their hand in his mouth so that he knew that there was no deceit going on, he would be willing to put the chain on. So Tyr volunteers because he's the bravest, and the other gods put Gletnir on Fenrir. 
Struggle as he might, Fenrir couldn't break free of his bindings, so he bit Tyr's hand off after they refused to free him. All the, ga- the gods shouted in glee, except for Tyr, who shouted in pain because he's got no hand left. And so they left, with Fenrir bound to a rock until the time of Ragnarok, where he finally breaks free. He comes to face Odin in battle and at- manages to kill the Aesir king. Then Odin's son Vidar, who has some sick kicks, curb stomps the wolf into oblivion. That's the story of Loki's horrible monster children. If you enjoyed, please like and subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. Leave a comment about what you'd like to hear in the future. I also have an Instagram at Awesome Myths and Monsters and a Twitter at MythOTD.